being recorded. Got it. <laughs> there you That's go. Very loud. very loud. That's a new thing now um, that you get, you get the verbal warning on your end, I guess. Uh, I wonder if it's a state thing where you have to be like a two party, you know how like California's a two party mm -hmm. consent for recording conversations. Yeah, 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 unless you're in public, I think, right? I know. I think. I think. I think. Well, man, I guess that's true too. Um, all right, let's go. This but is. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, Bruise Views and Other Nerdities. I'm Leonard, and I'm here with Justin Carter, who is the seller manager of Drake's Brewing Company, and you, your 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 main spot, San Leandro, California. Is that correct? Correct. And and I know you have a bunch of other spots, um, but the the main the main facility is in San Leandro. Right. We grow, uh, brew all the beer in San Andrew. Awesome. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Well, yeah. What's the weather like? What's the weather like up north? Beautiful. Um, it rained this morning. Oh shoot! Okay. And it's sunny now and a little breezy. And yeah, it's not too bad. So it's still chilly. It's enough for a sweatshirt. So we met at the uh, celebration of Craft Beer Festival probably a few weeks ago now at Trumer Brewery in Berkeley and. Uh, and I, I was kind of held up uh, at your spot there, just trying to sample all the beers. And and there, there had been beers that I had. I was looking at my Untapped for like uh, the uh, Romacoma and the Apocalypse and the uh, and the Jolly Roger. It's been about a good ten years since we've been uh, drinking the Drake stuff. And uh, man, it, I'm kidding you not. It it does not disappoint. Um, I wanted to to pop a, a can of Apocalypse. So this is the one I have in front of me. Uh, it's a 9.3% alcohol by volume. It's a West Coast double IPA. And you, you have the same can on your side, right? Oh, there yeah. You, there you go. Now, now, do you have the officially licensed uh, branded uh, glassware? Uh -oh. I, uh -oh. I do have one somewhere. <laughs> I'm telling. I'm telling. I do, uh, all I have in my office right now is a Pilsner Quell. Okay. Uh, are you um, going yeah, to drink oh, it straight right, from the right. can? <laughs> I got a branded coffee mug. I can use. Oh, there, oh, that works. Is it clean? <laughs> yeah, it's clean. Close enough. All right, let's pop this beer into a, a virtual toast. Yeah, it's not going to be clear. I mean, I have another glass here. <laughs> yeah, I should have done that. Oh, yeah, no, I got the, oh, the I got one of the, it's probably like an older school glass, too. I think I've had this probably for a good uh, maybe 10 years, probably. Oh, yeah, totally. You probably, you guys have moved on to like a tulip based glass. Probably, um, yeah. We still use pint glass, like this style. Uh, oh, yeah, monica. okay. Yeah, we still use those for the tap rooms. Um, but for barrel-aged beer, it, like, actually, this double IPA usually goes into a 12-ounce glass when it's oh, sold wow. out of the bar. Okay. You got a good uh, pour over there. Yeah. All right, I there mean, we go. All right, yeah. cheers. Thank you for joining me. Now, tell me something. I've been drinking this beer for about 10 years now. Uh, has it changed much as far as uh, recipe and as far as the uh, what goes into the grain bill or the uh, or the hops used in it? Uh, yeah, it's changed a little bit. Over the last couple of years, it's been stayed, stayed the same. Since like 2019, it's about the same. Um, there's always a little bit of changing with hops and malts depending on supplies, um, Sometimes they just stop producing certain hops and we have to change. Um, so usually we take a couple months to pivot to a different hop and like do a matching, like flavor matching. But overall, it's about the same flavor now profile. Th 
This oh. used to be, if I'm not mistaken, an annual release. You guys are producing it was was it year round or was it just like a I remember it being like a February spring release? Yeah. Yeah, it was for Hop Octopus Day typically. Um and then in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. It was right around the pandemic. Everything's kind of a little fuzzy. I wanna say it was twenty nineteen. We started doing it year round. Um and it's like we do one batch every three weeks or so, two weeks, really? two and a half weeks. Yeah. And that's just uh, to date to meet the demand of uh, people who want it year round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's my favorite double IP we make. Could we make like four of them? Yeah, but, I remember. I remember it, it was a it was an annual springtime release. So you're right. Uh, from what I remember, of course you're right. You, I'm not. I'd be the wrong one trying to figure out uh, exact dates. Um, but I remember it was a hard bottle to get a hold of in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Um, but every once in a while, we'd see bombers of them pop up in our uh, in our local spots, and we would uh, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's that time of year! I got to start calling up my bottle shop to see when they're going to get in some apocalypse, so we can uh, go nab those." Um, yeah, so we had a lot of different ones at one time. There was a red label, the black label is the triple that you had at the the trimmer event, the um, celebration of craft. We have the green label. Um, we just discontinued our white label hazy. Um, we've done a pink label like a one-off uh we've done all sorts of different colored labels but they're always like um cherries or uh blood orange or something like that um and then there's just the straight up double which is my favorite the west coast stuff that you're drinking yeah i think did you guys produce i think i remember seeing back in the day maybe it might have been the uh the white label where it's like a sessionable it's like a lighter it's like a lighter abv it was like a 4% at one point. We used to do a 4% session IPA, but that was called Kickback. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a Hopocalypse variant. No. The Hopocalypse White was a 8 point. Oh. <laughs> and not <Yeah>. sessionable. <laughs> no, not sessionable. It was 8.4. Yeah. We just discontinued that. So, so explain to me a little bit more about Hopocalypse Day because I know that we just, we just passed that. So what, explain yeah. that, that event to me a little bit. It's a big, uh, big party um, celebrating double and triple IPAs. Um, this year it was a Mad Max theme. I actually have the cup. It's really cool. So this is what they gave out. Um, oh yeah. Has a carabiner on it. Yeah. It's a little metal cup. This is Hop Walk of Day. It was Mad Max theme. It was really fun. Um, we made a bunch of one-off fun beers that maybe we'll make a second of. But the idea was just to get all these high ABV beers out there. And then we also will do something a little more sessionable, like a pale ale or something. Um, just so not everybody's killing their palates with double APAs, but it's really just a big party. Um, like this last year we had a band, we had fire dancers, um, people walking around dressed up as Mad Max characters. It was a lot of fun. Um, other years it's been different, like apocalypse themes. Yeah. Um, but the big thing is the black label. That's what we we are like really hyping up, and that's our triple IPA that we do. And what, what's the ABV on that uh, about? Twelve and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's that's basically barley wine with some hops. <laughs> with a dry hop, yeah. And and this is only uh, this event's only at the San Leandro um, location. Yeah, for for now, from what I understand, that's where it's going to stay. Um, yeah, right, right behind the nice Walmart next door. Uh, um, cool. I, get, 
I was a, I was a, I always say I'm a, I was an alum from Berkeley and I know you guys have the Oakland, uh, the Oakland spot that I was at. I, I go to when I go up, up north. How long has the, Ber how long has the Oakland spot been there? Ooh. Um, I don't know the exact number. I remember I went to the soft opening cause my friend had an in that was years ago, 2015 maybe. Really? So it's been there like eight years. 2016, somewhere around there. Okay. Well, I started with, let's see, I started with Drake's 2017. Yeah, I had been there for at least two years, so probably 2015, 2014. And then oh. there's also a Sacramento location? Yeah, it's West Sacramento. It's next to, or just down the street from the uh, the minor league baseball team, the Rivercats, their, um, their stadium. It's a really cool place. It's like an outdoor um I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it can be a concert venue. Like, they do have a stage, but it's big open grass area. There's fire pits here and there. Uh, so, because Sacramento gets chilly in the, the winter, um, most of it's outdoors. There's a little bit indoor, and it has this weird, I wouldn't call it weird, it, this like swooping art installation of a building. It's, it's not a normal looking building, um, but it's called the barn, and it's right next to the river. It's really cool. And so, am I missing a location? West Sacramento. It's right okay. next to. It's in yeah. Sac uh, across the river from Sacramento. Yeah. So this we have Sacramento, San Leandro, Oakland. Am I missing a spot? Uh, we have a tap room at the San Francisco airport. Oh, okay. Oh, in the airport. Yeah. So if I fly uh, in there, I can go stop and get uh, some uh, denogonizer at the uh, airport. Yes, it's in the international. Um, area though the international uh, gate what is it called terminal okay um so let me see uh you've been so you you started wow. at drake's in 2017 you said yeah so, so just almost six years and so what do you so what were you what did you start out doing and, and what are you doing now for for the brewery um i started out as a keg washer i i would just clean kegs for 10 hours a day I would, that would be me putting it onto a machine, taking an empty cake, put it on a machine, letting the machine run its cycle, clean it. I'd pull it off, scrub the outside, put it on a pallet, take it to somebody else, and they would fill it with beer. So that was my job for about a year, uh, eight months. And how many how many cakes do you get through in a day? I mean, that's all you're doing all day long? Yeah, it was a pretty slow process. The machine, we have a much better one now. Um, I don't even remember. It was like... 25, 30 pallets of kegs. Wow. You could do three, you could do three at a time. That was it. Okay. So I don't know what that comes out to. 250, maybe, maybe like closer to 250. If I like, if I had a really good day, but I also had to drive that back and forth. So exactly. Okay. And now, so you're, you're the seller manager, Nick, currently. Yes. So what does that entail being the seller manager for Drake's? Um, I'm in charge of making sure all the beer is fermented properly. Um, I'm in charge of a team who also makes sure of that. Uh, that, that, that includes dry hopping, fruit additions, um, yeast propagation. I had all these, uh, making sure everything's clean from, from the brew house to the packaging seller. I make sure everything's clean actually. And also the packaging seller is part of my, my duties. And it includes filtration, clarification, and uh, carbonation. So everything between the time that it's worked 
to the time that it goes into a package, either a bottle can or a keg. It's my trippy. And and have you done? Uh, and you, did you start like a like as a home brewer, or you just kind of worked your way into learning the process? I, beer. <laughs> I just beer. Um, before that, I worked in biohazardous medical waste and. Um, same same I mean? thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally different different type of waste, right? Um, or <laughs> so I did that, and um, I didn't really care for it that much. So I was able to jump ship. I had I was I was in the financial space to go. I'm going to look for something now, and I took a pay cut, and I was like, "Well, I live in San Leandro. I like to go to Drake's. What about working at Drake's?" And they they have a position for keg washer. It was the 1 p.m. to 11 or 1 p.m. to midnight shift, and I gobbled it up and did well, and then moved to a seller position in about eight, nine months. And then I just started doing like all the extra stuff that I had now charged. So when you were at, so you were at the Celebration of Craft Beer Festival, do you get it, do you personally get a, a, an opportunity to get out to the festivals and pour frequently? Uh, yes and no. Um, sometimes it's definitely slated for certain people. But like that one, they just asked, hey, does anyone want to work it and go pour beer and talk beer? And I was like, ask my partner, hey, you want to go? Yeah, can I can I go pour? Sure, let's go. So, um, but there are things where I'm like, I want to do that one, and I sometimes get to go. So like CBC is coming up. I asked to go. Still in the air because we are ramping up pretty quick, so I don't know if I'll be able to go. Yeah, so the Beer Summit is in a couple of weeks, uh, and you guys are hosting an event at the, I believe, I saw on the calendar. Oh, the, bar, the, the barn. You, you guys are hosting an event at the barn. Um, yeah, see. we usually do. The, the Summit Welcome Reception, it says, uh, at, at Drake's the Barn. So are, are you going to be in Sacramento for that or no? I don't know. What day is it? <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that particular... Uh, that particular event, people, so. yeah, that particular event is Monday, March twentieth. Oh, highly undoubtedly, like, highly likely. Yeah, Monday is usually I'm, I'm working pretty late here, um, but the head brewer probably yeah, who's my boss. Okay, yeah, I'm probably going to be out there for some of that because uh, I know there's another event uh, as part of that whole beer summit um, on Sunday as well. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the beer summit is kind of an interesting event because it brings, it brings, uh, people in the beer industry together, um, annually to, to promote legislation, uh, mm -hmm. and to really get an opportunity to interact with, uh, with people in the government to advocate for some of the, the needs in the, in the beer industry. Now, do, do, do you guys, do you think people come together and say, hey, this is something that we really, you come with an agenda? I mean, do you know if Drake says, hey, like this is something we need to talk about and or, or talk to other brewers about this is important and prioritize some of the conversations with the with the legislation? Um, I've attended it once and I came just to learn from the different talks and things and go to the trade show and look at shiny things. Uh -huh. um, but I know that um, our ownership does have kind of a bit of an agenda. Um, uh, John Martin is a founding member of the CCBA. So he's definitely um, has a, a bit of agenda for when it comes to craft beer, but he's been in the industry for a long time. So um, it's always advocating for the craft breweries um, 
for particularly with Drake's, I, I can't really speak to it on that. Yeah, especially with COVID, you know, the the a lot of the uh, the restaurant and uh, and alcohol industry and beer industry kind of suffered tremendously during the COVID times. I know there was a lot of push to uh, to change some of the laws uh, with with to go stuff uh, in opening up, especially during COVID. Um, it was just took a toll out. We see a lot of uh, a lot of breweries either selling. Or, or downsizing, we're seeing a big trend with that right now. Actually, you know, again, what we were kind of emailing and talking before the recording is that you guys recently acquired uh, Bear Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and Bear Republic's, again, been a brewery that's been around for years. I think that uh, that Racer 5 and that Racer X has always been a, a pretty popular IPA. Um, is this, are we seeing, are we seeing a movement of downsizing in the craft beer industry or trying to consolidate it just to kind of keep people afloat? You know, I don't know for sure. Um, about everybody's financial stuff. When I, like, I know that people that like, I, I had a lot of friends who closed up shop. Um, we, we did fairly well. Like we, we, we held on. Uh, we did lose some people at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, but then we started rebuilding. Uh, the Bear Republic thing, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, of why they became, or they, they, why they got acquired completely. Um, but I'm excited about it. Um, I Racer 5 was like my go-to beer getting when I started drinking craft beer. Um, and then Racer X is like, oh my gosh. Um, I did like the pilgrimage up to Healdsburg one time just to go drink it from the source. It was pretty cool. So when I heard that this is happening, I was like, oh my gosh, I can make Racer 5. It's pretty exciting. Um, but when it comes to the whole, like, is the, the industry going that direction? Like, are we going to see a lot more acquisitions or like mergers or just places closing up? I don't know. Things look talking with other other friends from other breweries seems things seem pretty good right now um the sf beer week did really well um they had a, all the different kickoff parties and they were extremely well attended from what i understand so hopefully things are turning around from 2021 and 2020 um 2022 was pretty good but 2021 oof, that was rough yeah, and especially especially when people were trying to expand during that time right before COVID, I think probably got hit the hardest. And I'm thinking uh, maybe like a modern times that was expanding rapidly. Um, and I'm not sure if you've seen the article recently about the Lost Abbey in, uh, in San Marcos where they're downsizing now. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So they're... Yeah, they're downsizing and they're losing this, the, the, the main location, the San Marcos location. So... Um, and again, they had expanded. They, had, I know they moved. They hit the. Uh, I guess I don't know what's. I think it's called the church venue, kind of outside of uh, Petco Stadium, uh, if you're familiar with the area. So it seems like you know people were were thought they were in the position to expand, and then COVID hit and just wrecked. I mean, really kind of wrecked people's lives uh, in many yeah. different ways. How, how do you think Drake's has been able to to weather some of the ups and downs of you know we during a recession during COVID uh, and still be able to expand and produce beer? Um, we got hit really hard with uh, the barn, um, particularly. It's a mostly outdoor venue, and in 
and then they were still not allowing people to even gather and so it didn't matter if it was outside or not they, because things weren't really known um so that really like we had it had just opened the year before and so things were looking good and then suddenly done and then the following year we had all the the wildfires so like when hey everybody can go outside and drink beers with their friends and it's okay and it's safer and then we had all the fires and so it was like the barn just kept getting hit and then we had a bad winter and they got hit again um it was rough for the barn uh which i mean ultimately it makes it rough for everybody um we did downsize some people like at the beginning and we only hired when we needed to as we were growing um just good money management i guess uh we we were we we've got we didn't get rid of any brands that were i don't think we actually got rid of any brands really we kind of pivoted um so most of our stuff was going into kegs and going to restaurants and stuff and that's actually like a really good business model because it's cheap compared to bottles cans um but and we also had bought a kegger king machine like eight months before and it was like state of the art and runs great and then we have suddenly can't use it um and everything went into cans or into bottles and we didn't have a canner that wasn't we had this little tiny guy for one-off beers that we wanted to have fun with so we made it into a workhorse of a machine so we could keep orders up going to our different uh safeways and lucky and what do you have down bonds those places uh, so we just pivoted really hard um everybody learned how to run all the machines we all became packaging associates and yeah i can run a lot of the machines now i didn't did it before but now um, we just pivoted really hard and then now we're kind of coming back to the old normal it's still new but uh fresh it's kind of it's kind of cool yeah, it looks like it looks you know as we're moving back to being open and, and you know it's still a work in progress, but it's good to see people out at the festivals, mm-hmm. uh, interacting with the uh, with people and interacting with the breweries, and that's something I think someone had said uh, the the SF Beer Week, the event that we were at, it's one of the few, it's one of the first events that that people were able to come together um, since we really opened up. Like, how many really festivals have there been since things been in full swing? I mean, we've got maybe maybe twelve months worth of that stuff, and depending on what your location is, you might not have access to uh, to something. And so, uh, I think SF Beer Week was one of those times where people can get together and uh, and hang out. And, and people had been doing that for for a number of months. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, Boonville Beer Festival. I was finally able to go to it last year after three years. It's like my favorite one because you get to go camping up in the oh, okay. Mendocino County and it's beautiful. And then you get to go do the port, the festival and it's, it's, it's lovely. It's a great weekend. And it, it like, it got taken away like three weeks, like COVID shut everything down three weeks before. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, why couldn't you just wait it? And uh, yeah. And three years later, I was like, I finally able to go again. And it was nice. And then yeah, it's like, yeah, these are, these are all great. I just, I wish there was more of those like smaller festivals the big, big ones really just so much. I can't try all the beers. No, <laughs> no, unless you want to get a, a, a carted out on a uh, on a gurney or something like that. Like, yeah, 
So I've been to those where people are. <laughs> well, you think, I think of the I think of a Great American Beer Festival is probably a good example of where there's no way you can even make a dent in the mm-hmm. beers that are available. Even if you go on multiple days, you're not you're not going to come anywhere close to sampling everything that's uh, that's offered there. You'd be hurting too. <laughs> Uh, let's see, what do we got? So you're talking about, um, you're talking about Bear Republic as being some of the beers, uh, they were producing some of the beers you were drinking early on. So when you started trying craft beers, what were some of the beers, uh, you were, you were trying early on? For sure that, um, and there's a lot of Sierra Nevada in my life. Um, I lived in Hayward just south of San Leandro. So the first brewery I ever went to was Drake's. Funny enough, um, for one of their first Friday gatherings. Um, so yeah, I was drinking Drake's. Um, Buffalo Bills was in Hayward, no longer there. One of the, it was it was the oldest brew pub west of the Mississippi, but no longer there, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I'd go to Triple Rock on Berkeley. Um, where else? I would go to the Trappist in Oakland fairly often. I mean, it wasn't a brewery, but I would go drink all sorts of Belgian beers and stuff. Um, Anchor was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then Knee Deep came around, started drinking some Knee Deep. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That uh, Hoptologist is uh, okay. is one, uh, one, again, probably about the same time as Aromacoma, uh, we were getting them down in L- L.A. I think the Hoptologist was one of my uh, go-to beers early on as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Stone. Of course, Stone. Like, Stone was huge. Um, everybody was drinking Stone. It was, everybody was drinking every bastard. Like, I want oh, the yeah. bitterest thing. <laughs> yeah, the, then, ru- the Ruination. I mean, that was another was. beer that was uh, was a go-to. So everyone was, was producing these uh these super bitter. Uh, I was talking to I think uh, the Green Cheek guys a couple of weeks ago, and we we're talking about how back in the day everyone was putting their IBUs on their labels, mm-hmm. and it became like a competition. Who? I'm looking for the IBUs of this apocalypse. I don't think I see it, but I know it's up there. I we, it, it's on some of our stuff, and I don't know if people really care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people really care. Like it's bitter or it's not. Um, what is the abuse on this? I could look it up. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you're right. As we moved on, it, it, that rating, that system kind of fell off. Um, but I think back, yeah. with, you know, when you had ruination, you had aroma coma, you had a torpedo, you had all of these highly bittered, uh, highly bitter beers, and they would start, and they, we would see the IBUs, and we do a comparison and see, like, you know, what what does this have? Uh, yeah. I remember Ruination oh, was definitely Flash a go-to. With, uh, what was that one from Green Flash? Do you remember the one from Green Flash? Uh, uh, Pallet Wrecker. Pallet Wrecker. Gosh, what was wrong with us? Uh, hey, you know, the other one you guys had was, and I'm not sure if you're a fan if you're a fan of theirs early on, was Moylan's because they had that hopsicle. And yeah, they're, they're Bay, yeah, totally. yeah, they're Bay Area based. Oh. Yeah, they're up in Novato, but I don't think they're there anymore. Or no, they're still there. Marin closed down. Yeah, I was drinking Marin too. Oh yeah. Russian River. Yeah, I was drinking all sorts of stuff. Um I had a friend who worked at a beer bar and he's like, You gotta try this one, you gotta try this one. Um but Moylan's, yeah, Kilt Lifter was also like a good scholarship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely remember the Kilt Lifter and the uh Hopsicle. Those were those were Hopsicle, those yeah. were go to beers and 
we didn't get them very often in LA, but when they were on the shelves, we definitely would grab them and uh, and try them because we we didn't get too much of it uh, down here in Los Angeles. Uh, so, you know, again, we talk about the Aroma Coma, which was a highly highly rated beer. Um, the Denogonizer, highly rated beer. Uh, the Apocalypse as well. What, what is your best selling beer? What are the best selling beers that Drake's producing these days? Um, Denogonizer. Um, we do at least 200 barrels of it a week. Wow. Um, we do a lot of IPA, our Best Coast IPA. 1500, which is our pale ale, dry hop pale ale. That was like my go-to once I found it. I was like, I don't want to drink Sierra Nevada anymore. I want to drink this one. Uh, don't get me wrong. I still love Sierra Nevada's beers. So, But I still, um, let's see, what else do we do? We do a lot of Hefeweizen. Um, it sells really well for um, draft. Um, our Amber is also a really big seller, and that's delicious also. Uh, I don't know. What do we brew every week? Racer 5 now. <laughs> have, you, have you started our, brewing that yet or now? Yeah, we brewed uh, 200 barrel, 240 barrels last week, and we did another, ooh, we're doing another 360 this week. And are you guys trying to retain the recipe or making any little minor tweaks to it? Um, so a lot of the time it's like we have contracts for different hops and different malts. So it's hard to match exactly what their recipe is, but we have a lot of the same ingredients. Um, and the ones that we don't, we're subbing out little things here and there. And we're going to eventually get it back to it's We're going to get it to very close to what it was. Um, it's also like we can't match their water profiles. Like we get our, they get their water from Mendocino County. We get ours from Sierras. So uh, it's going to be hard to match the water profiles. Malts are pretty easy though. We've matched all those. Um, so we're going to get as close as we can and make it as good as possible. Okay, yeah. So, I'm excited. Uh, wait, so what's in your fridge at home right now? So I wrote it down like, hey, Justin, make sure you check this. And I didn't. Um, be, honest, be honest. Be honest. I take a lot of drinks here. Um, uh, I should have told you to take a picture of it <laughs> and hold it up to the uh, it's hold oh, it, it was to the kind camera. of sad, though. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff other than like weird barrel-age stuff. Um, I drink a lot of Fremont barrel-age beer. Okay. Um, I don't drink a whole lot of sours anymore. It just gives me acid reflux, unfortunately. Uh, what else was in there? There was, so I'm so good. going back to the Fremont, like a like a bee bomb, yeah, like like a yeah, bee bombs, uh, the barley wines. I have a friend okay. in Seattle, so I get a bunch of Fremont beer. Okay. Um, what else was in there? Be honest. <laughs> there was a so I went through Bakersfield like two months ago, and I picked up Timbler, T M B L O R. I don't know how to spell it. Or, I, don't know, I, think, I think it's Templar. Okay. That's really good beer. Um, there was a, what was it? A blood orange wheat. Oh. Really um, I had some cider in there. There's a lot of wine. Um, I don't know if any, a, lot of, a lot of people know this about brewers. Um, they don't want to drink beer all the time. <laughs> um, so I drink a lot of wine at home. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of wine from Mendocino County and Sonoma County. I, I, I'm near wine country, so 
Uh, there's some ciders in there. Uh, my lady, my lady likes ciders. What else? There was uh, some stuff from Almanac. Uh, we okay. did a collab recently. Um, there's some stuff from Deaf Pond, or, um, Pond Farm. They're up in Petaluma, no, San Rafael. Got some of their stuff. Always have some Russian River, some sort of like, I want to say there was STS in there. And I have mm -hmm. some Moonlight, which uh, I think it was Reality Checker. What was it? Death and Taxes. Usually a lot of light loggers. Um, and then I have Giant Beers other, otherwise. And then I, I bring home a lot of Drake's beer. Um, perk, perk of the job. Yeah, it's a perk of the job. Also, like, I like to see how our beers will progress over time and go like, oh, so 30 days it tastes like this, 60 days it tastes like oh, this, yeah. 90 days it tastes like that. Um, cold stored. I don't like to warm store a whole lot, but during being that's really cold right now, I've been leaving stuff in the garage. It's fine. Um, now, now, do you get a, an allotment, or just take take what you need to uh, to test to test beer at we home? We have an allotment. We have an allotment. Um, it's a little loose, but we have an allotment. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, if I'm going on a camping trip, I can, I can, I can figure that out with the right people. No, let, yeah, let me get going. I want to get back kind of to the sour discussion because it's a conversation I have in the show uh, with my co-hosts. What, 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 why do you think there's a there's a decline in the traditional sour? I, I know there's been a, an increase in like the heavily fruited Berliner vices that we see, or the smoothie sours that are that are are very popular right now. Why do you think we've seen a decline in like a traditional sour? Time. Um. It takes a lot more time. It has to sit in a barrel. Barrels aren't cheap either. Uh, and warehouse space isn't cheap. Also, I'm, I'm pouring another one, by the way. Oh, nice. Gee, I got I to gotta keep up. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I bought a four-pack, and guess what? I ran through it. I barely, barely could save one for the show. <laughs> ran through I, the other I, three. I had one of these last night. These are delicious. It's one yeah, of my favorites that we're doing. Yeah. Um, I would say those are probably the biggest things. It takes a lot, a lot more time. Um, and also, not even... Okay. Traditional sour beers, you use bacteria. Um, you don't want that in the rest of your brewery. Yeah. So you have to keep it completely separated. Um, our our barrel team, their sour beer does not come near our clean beer. I don't even want them in my warehouses sometimes. <laughs> um, I just always say they're perfect. Uh, that is a big one, but then. So, so if you don't have multiple spaces, you could really ruin your entire brewery if yeah. you don't do things right. And, 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 we've, and, and we've seen it. I mean, we've seen we've seen breweries produce beer and then it's infected. I mean, we've, we historically have seen that at least earlier on. Maybe not so much now. Um, it has more recently. I haven't seen yeah. a whole lot of that. Um, but it's always a possibility. Um, and then, like I said, warehouse space to carry to hold all these barrels. All the barrels cost money. And then the time of sitting in those barrels, it, it adds up. Um, yeah, it, it it could really, if you're focusing on it, like how Rare Barrel was, yeah. you can make it work. But then eventually, I guess it didn't, because now they're run by Sellermaker. Yeah. Yeah, and and so 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 it's interesting to see you know the 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 brewery side of it where it, it takes time, it costs money, you need space, 
um, and and traditionally that equals a higher price point for the consumer. You know, you're paying mm-hmm. you're not paying, you know, eight bucks for for a can. You're paying fifteen bucks for a bottle. Um, yeah. And so, I I'm looking at it from the from the consumer's palate. But you're 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 absolutely right. There has to be a mar- there has to be a market for it, and you got to be able to have the time and it. And it's a, it's a, it's a waiting game. You have to wait till their product's ready to sell, and there's got to be a demand for the product. Correct. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough. Um, we see, like, just even to get, let's say, one of our sour beers, they brew it, it ferments inside a fermenter, they put it into a barrel, it ferments a little bit more in the barrel, picks up whatever characteristics, they might add fruit to it, whatever. Then it's got to go into a tank, and then it has to get bottled eventually. Or it has to, or, yeah, it's all everything gets bottled. To do a bottling day for us, it's a three-person person endeavor. And because we do everything by hand, because we don't want to mess up one of our machines that could just cap it. Now we could get a machine that could cap it, but um, you also bottle condition a lot of these sours, so they have a little carbonation. So there's a lot of work that's involved with them, and, and yeah, it, it does go to the consumer. But there's a lot of hands that are touching these different beers. So are um, you producing roughly the same amount of, of sour beer now than you were, say, five years ago? I don't know the exact numbers because I don't handle that department. But definitely not nearly. Like, it cut way back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just not nearly as profitable. Um, and the demand isn't there. People aren't drinking sour beers as much as it doesn't seem like. You, yeah. you guys, uh, do you guys produce a, a Berliner Weiss, a fruited Berliner Weiss? We do, uh, we do, yeah, and that one's quick and fast. It's like three, two weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, yeah, it's called Oaklanderweiss, and it's delicious. Um, we sometimes fruit it. Sometimes we we'll just leave it at the base, and it's great. Yeah, and that's a kettle sour Berlinerweiss sour beer. And is that something you do a few times a year, or is it uh, year-round? I'd say probably quarterly, maybe five times a year, six times sometimes. Depends on how summer's going. If it's super hot, people want that. And we do a lot more. We did so, a uh, blood oil just most recently. So, Hypocalypse West Coast IPA, the Nogganizer West Coast, Aroma Coma West Coast. Yep. And you, I think you said you discontinued the, the hazy version of Apocalypse. Mm hmm. Are you, are you trying to stick to the West Coast style predominantly or? We're going to have another West Coast single IPA soon. Um, We always, at the brewery and the um, retail locations, have a hazy option. We do, like, a 20-barrel batch or something smaller. Um, And usually those are for, like, employees. Like, if you worked under me, I'd be like, hey, do you want to have a brew day and make a recipe? Well, go do it. You can either do a West Coast or you can do a hazy. And we always have like one-off beers. And sometimes we become a seasonal. Um, yeah, we, do, we, we always have a West Coast, but we're soon going to have a West Coast. Sorry, I'm sorry, hazy. We're always going to have a, a hazy in can. I want to say it's like two months. We're going to have something in, in can. It's a single though. The, the double just, it seemed like it just competed against each other. We had two other double IPAs. 
I don't know exactly why I got pulled, but so are you, produce, are you producing a, 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 a regular hazy IPA? Uh, in the near future, yeah. Okay. So it's kind of interesting because the trend is every you know the trend has been over the past five years as everyone's getting into the hazy IPA game. It seems like you guys have stuck to you know tried and true with the West Coast style and you know obviously a very successful uh, a few beers there. Um, why is it that you? What do you think? Uh, we you guys... did the, the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think you're cutting out. Oh yeah, one of us is cutting out. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think it's good now. Okay, go. Um, okay, so the West, the Apocalypse Hazy, um, we had it for since 2019, and we just discontinued it. Um, since I've been here, we've done some sort of Hazy IPA weekly, or at least every other week, in some form, whether it's a just draft only or it's a small can release. We're always doing some sort of hazy. Um, we we didn't do great at, be, at the beginning, but now I think they're pretty good. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of hazy recipes. We actually have a we bring one this week called Now That's What I Call Hazy, Volume Three. <laughs> like the uh, the, the old uh, commercials where you buy the CDs and it has all the fun music on it like the oh, yeah pop, yeah like, yeah now yeah that's what we did um we're kind of seeing this thing where people want a lot more clear beer it's starting to pivot back to clear beer again um i still like hazies i still like clear beer I like lagers it's hard to really pinpoint where we should be making beer um that's for the sales team to figure out and they tell us what we should, hey, we should make something along these lines, and then we go and make it. Um, I liked our hazy. Uh, it just was not selling as well as it should have, from what I understand. Which is which is actually a pretty cool testament that your West Coast IPAs are in such demand that people yeah. still want to go to you for your, you know, your West Coast IPAs. Yeah. People love Dinog. Man, they love yeah. Dinog. I'm telling you, I used to go. I, yeah, I, again, for the, the lineup was Aromacoma, um, the Apocalypse, and the Dinogonizer. And for some reason, you know, 10 years ago, whatever whatever it was, um, it was easier for me to get a hold of Dinogonizer than the Aromacoma and the, I mean, the Apocalypse was an annual thing. Was Aromacoma annual or was that a year round? So when it first started, there was actually like another like apocalypse style day called Coma Day. Oh. And it was Aroma Coma and there was like Aroma Coma adjacents. Like there was a double version. There was a um, one that was all Southern Hemisphere hops. There was a, a lower like pale ale, like all kind of like the same ish beer. But the idea was to like really pop these different aromas out. Um, and then Aromacoma sold really well. And they're like, this is before me. Hey, let's make it a double IPA. And then it was just competing against the shelf. And yeah, for a year, like it was a yearly, a year round uh, thing. And it competed against itself. And 
or gets like Dnog or what else did we have? Whatever other double IPA at the time we had, it, it just it's like you walk over and you go, all right, well, there's Dnog there and there's Aromacoma there and I can get a four pack of this and a six pack of this and about the same price. I'm gonna go for the six pack. Yeah. Um, and then we took Coba back to a, a single IPA and it's delicious. Yeah, we definitely, definitely were fighting for it when I had it. So uh, we get, <laughs> definitely fighting for it. Um, talk to me a little bit about some of the collabs you guys have done in the past and collabs you're looking at doing in the future. Oh, man. Um, recently, so for SF Beer Week, we did one on, with Hidden House. Oh, yeah. Urban Sonoma, Sonoma County. Um, Pond Farm, they're in... San Rafael, Almanac, which is in Alameda. There's one more. Maybe not. Can't remember. Oh, we did a for the SF Brewers Guild, the um, the DEI subcommittee for that for the diversity, inclusion, and equity, or equity inclusion. Um, did a collab for that. Um, that included Humble Sea, Hel- uh, Helicoastal, um, Hen House, Dokai Beer, and somebody else. Um, but that was like a big collab, hazy double IPA with cool yeast from Berkeley Yeast Labs. Um, it was a, called Tropics, London Tropics. That was really good. Um, we got our malt from Admiral Maltings in Alameda, the artisanal maltster. It was, it's a really cool collaboration that we did. I feel like we did another cloud, but I can't remember. Oh, well, we went to their brewery at, uh, Pond Farm. That was the end of all. But in the future, oof, all this Racer 5 stuff, Bear Republic stuff is kind of throw a wrench in things, but um, we were talking with East Brother um, out in Richmond to do another collab with them. They uh, We did a cold IPA with them a few years ago, and it, it was delicious. So we're trying to do that, do something like that over there. Um, Almanac, again, they, they always want to do stuff. And what was the other one? We have to do, so Sacramento Beer Week's coming up. So we're planning on doing some stuff for that. And then also because of the um, CCBA summit, yeah, we'll probably, just, we'll probably hook up with a brewery. Gosh, that has to be soon though, because that's in like a few weeks. Yeah, that's in probably two it's weeks. Like, it's on anybody's radar. <laughs> <laughs> About two weeks. Uh, till yeah, the... maybe we'll just pour our own stuff and then we'll figure out a collab for us for Sacramento Beer Week. Um, just because we have a presence up there, we try to do something with at least one of the breweries, which we've done a ton of collabs with. Uh, we did with Sacrament and Bike Dog and New Glory. And I don't know. We've, we've done, we do collabs with anybody who, who wants to do a collab. Yeah. Um, usually just this, this goes, I just meet somebody and go, hey, do you want to do something? And they go, yeah, let's do something. And we figure it out. So. Very cool. 
Um, yeah. I want to thank you for joining me today. I want to make sure we're, I'm always trying to be respectful of uh, time uh, that uh, you give to uh, to us here. Um, this has been Justin Carter from Drake's Brewing Company in San Leandro. And I'm Leonard, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you.